Our scripture passage today comes out of the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to be reading verses 7 through 10 together. Let's read this. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Praise God. You may be seated. This is The Voice. My name is John Vick. I'm one of the campus pastors at One Church, and it has been a week since Easter. Uh, It's been a week since we celebrated Christ's victory over sin and death. And, And today, this Sunday, we remember that the tomb is still empty. We remember that Jesus is still alive, and we remember that his kingdom has no end. Hallelujah. And we remember that the grave itself couldn't silence Jesus. And we believe that Jesus is still speaking today. And so knowing that and believing that that Jesus is still speaking today, we're starting a new sermon series this morning called The Voice, Hearing God in a Noisy World. Uh, There was a certain comedian named Lily Tomlin, and she said this jokingly about hearing God. Why is it that when we speak to God, We are said to be praying. But when God speaks to us, we are said to be schizophrenic. And I think that's really funny and kind of humorous, but also I think it really kind of sums up how a lot of people view hearing God today. How you're crazy, you're absurd, you are out of your mind if you believe that you can hear God speaking today. In fact, Dallas Willard, a famous author, connects hearing God to something called the UFO syndrome. Uh, the UFO syndrome is really fascinating. Uh, it, what it is is this. It's, it's keeping quiet after you've had a unique experience for fear of being misunderstood or seen as eccentric. So if someone thinks or believes they see a, a UFO, you know, an unidentified flying object, someone thinks they see uh, some kind of alien spaceship or something along those lines, they aren't going to tell anybody about it. Uh, they aren't going to go and talk about it because they're afraid people are going to think that they're crazy, they're out of their minds, and they're just making things up. And so it is with hearing God so often. There are these misunderstandings and, and misunderstandings abound. And when people talk about hearing God, they're labeled as confused or crazy or absurd or, or out of their mind. Or, or maybe even worse, they're labeled as arrogant. People think that they're saying they're more superior or more spiritual than those around them. So really, it's, it's my hope for this sermon series that we as a church community, that we as Acts 2 United Methodist Church, we would know what it truly means to hear the voice of God. That we wouldn't view hearing God's voice as strange or weird, as an oddity, but, but rather that we would be so familiar with God's voice, that we would be so in tune with God speaking, that we would be so in tune with God's leading us. And ultimately, that we would know God's voice, that we would be familiar with God's voice, that we would obey God's voice, that we would love God's voice, and 
and today specifically, that we would listen to God's voice, which is what we're talking about in the sermon. And, and you know, I think this idea of, of hearing God and being familiar with God's voice, it's a very attractive idea. I mean, who doesn't want to hear God's voice? Who doesn't want to know what what God's voice sounds like? You know, we get excited about talking about hearing God and listening to God speak, but but then we run into a a problem. As the sermon series title suggests, we live in a noisy world. We live in a world that is bombarded with message after message, voice after voice, thought after that. And, And so the question becomes, well, how do I know what God is saying? And how do I know what the world is saying? How do I know if this is of God and from God or if this is of the world and from the world? Uh, I remember being at a a very large conference one time and there were people from all around the world at this conference, from all these different countries, all these different continents. People were from Russia and Africa, South America, just all over the place. Any place you could think of, people were probably from there. And and with all these continents and countries represented, there were a lot of languages represented at this conference as well. However, the majority of what was said by the speakers on stage was spoken in English. And of course, that didn't work for those who didn't know or didn't understand English. So for those people who couldn't understand English, they were given these uh, radio-like devices with headphones attached to them. And, And on each different channel, there would be a person in a different room at this conference hearing what was spoken on the stage in English, and they would translate into whatever language was needed. So, you know, on one channel, someone would be translating into Russian, and on another channel, someone would be translating into Spanish, and and on and on and on. You get the point. Well, anyways, at this conference, I was sitting with the group, and we're all being very quiet, all very attentive, listening to what was being spoken. And then all of a sudden, from behind us, we just hear this extremely loud and staticky noise. And, you know, we're trying to be good listeners. You know, we don't want to cause a distraction by trying to find out what, what the noise was. So we tried just to sit through it. But, but after a couple minutes, it just became too much, right? It was just too distracting. It, it was too overwhelming. So we began to, like, look behind us and, and try to see where the sound was coming from. And you'll never guess what it was. It was a person a few rows behind us, and he was passed out asleep. I mean, he was out cold, but even crazier. He had one of those radio devices um, in his pocket, and he had his headphones in. And apparently as he fell asleep, he must have gotten switched to some kind of channel that didn't have a signal. So it was just blasting out static. And, and again, he still had his headphones in, and it was turned up all the way. And so it's just shooting out this loud static, and, and everyone around him in this section could hear it. And, and I was just amazed that he was sleeping through that. Uh, and eventually someone came and, and woke him up, you know, made sure he wasn't dead. I, I think that was a, a thought many of us were, were having. But, but I remember that story for two different reasons. One, how can this guy be asleep? You know, he must be some kind of sleep expert or something. He must know something that we don't know. You know, I was kind of jealous of his ability to sleep that well. Uh, but even more, I remember that story, and I share that story this morning because of this. I think so many times that's how we can look like spiritually whenever it comes to listening and hearing God. You know, we're in the presence of God and and God is speaking to us and God is revealing these amazing, these beautiful truths to us, but we're passed out asleep in our chairs with these loud and staticky headphones in. So before we go any further this morning, I want to make this very, very clear. God is still speaking today. God is still speaking today. And isn't that amazing that God didn't just speak through his prophets a long time ago or or God didn't just speak through like an elect few in scripture like Moses or Elijah, but that God is still speaking today, that God's voice is still teaching, still correcting, still guiding, and still revealing truth. God has messages for us today. 
just as God had messages for the people in 1 Samuel chapter 3. So let's dive into that passage. Uh, in this passage, we're largely looking at the character Samuel. And Samuel is this prophet who would go on to do amazing, amazing things for Israel. Uh, part of his future resume would include anointing King David as king over Israel. Right, The greatest king Israel ever had. Samuel would be the one to anoint him. God would use Samuel in so many amazing ways. We have two books in our Bibles, First and Second Samuel, named after this man, an amazing, amazing prophet of the Lord. Yet in this passage, in, in chapter 3, he's just a boy, just a little Sam. He's a, he's a prophet, a, a minister in training, and, and he's, under, he's learning under Eli, who is this older, wise, experienced prophet. And, and we actually read in this text that Eli is growing older and his eyesight is growing dim. Uh, Let's look at how this chapter starts. Uh, This chapter, the story starts off by saying this. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. So right off the bat in the story, right from the get-go, we really aren't expecting much. I mean, God's voice had been rare. Not many people were hearing God's voice. This older, experienced prophet is growing older and can't see anymore. Samuel's just a boy. On and on and on. We, We really aren't expecting much in this story. But then God did what no one expected God to do. God began speaking, and, and God began speaking not to the older, the wiser, the experienced prophet Eli, uh, this man whose eyesight had probably grown dim from reading the law late at night by candlelight. No, God speaks to the young boy. God speaks to Samuel and cries out, Samuel, Samuel. And, and of course, Samuel had never heard God's voice before. We read in verse 7, uh, now, we, uh, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So God is speaking, and, and Samuel says, okay, this must be my mentor. This must be Eli calling me in the night. So, so Eli goes and, and keeps repeatedly saying, Eli, Eli, you called me. And, and Eli's like, no, I didn't. Go back to bed. And, and this happens several times. It happens three different times. And, and eventually Eli perceives what's going on. And Eli realizes that it is God Almighty himself calling his mentee, Samuel. And so Eli gives Samuel these very specific instructions. If Samuel is to hear God calling again, he is to pray this specific prayer, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And and the story goes on to tell of God calling Samuel again. And, And this time Samuel prays those exact words, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And then God speaks, and God reveals this amazing divine message to Samuel. But I think in this chapter of Scripture, I think in this passage, there's so much to learn about God's voice and and God speaking to us today. First off, I think we can learn that God's voice is persistent, that God's voice is persistent. God kept calling Samuel even in the midst of his lack of hearing, even in the midst of his lack of understanding, God's voice was persistent. And I think that that can give us such a word of encouragement that God is continually speaking, that God is constantly calling our names, even whenever we time and time again may misunderstand or mishear God's calling us, just like Samuel. God continues speaking. God's voice is persistent. Uh, Up on the screens, there's a picture of a total solar eclipse. That's actually, uh, the media called this the Great American Eclipse. It occurred on August 21st, 2017. How many of you uh, saw this? You know, you witnessed this whenever, you know, the moon went in front of the sun. And yeah, yeah, it was a very fascinating day. You know, if you remember, it was a a bright, sunny day out. And then in the middle of the afternoon, what happened? It just got dark. 
right? And the temperature dropped a little bit. It was a really interesting event. Uh, uh, that was the first total solar eclipse to be fully seen by the 48 contiguous states since 1918 around 100 years earlier. And and even more, it's going to be well over 100 years before the entire 48 contiguous states see another something like that. Uh, And whenever you were looking at it, hopefully you had those protective glasses on. Uh, Maybe you looked like our sound guy, Greg Kiner, uh, you know, protecting your eyeballs. You don't want your eyeballs to be permanently damaged from looking at the the total solar eclipse. But, But many people miss this. Right, Many people miss this event. Maybe you were stuck inside at work, you had to be at a meeting, or, or maybe you were in a class and you had to take a test. Uh, uh, maybe you lived up north and it was cloudy that day and you couldn't see the sun. You know, how many of you didn't get to see it? How many of you, you missed the total solar eclipse? A few? A few? Well, too bad. <laughs> too bad. That's the first time that that happened in 100 years, and it's going to be well over 100 years before that ever happens again. So I'm sorry, but if you missed it, you missed it. It's not going to happen again for another hundred years. And you may get to see a picture like we just saw, or you may get to hear of someone sharing about their experience of seeing the eclipse, uh, the eclipse but, but you won't get to see it yourself. You, you had this chance, and, and it's gone now. Well, aren't you thankful that the voice of God isn't like that? How if you miss God speaking one time, that's it, you're, it's over, you're never going to hear God's voice speaking again? No, God's voice is persistent. God's voice is always speaking. God's voice is always calling our names. God is always speaking to us as his beloved children. Despite our hardness of hearts at times, despite the distractions and the noise going on around us, despite even our rebellion at times, God is still speaking. But yet we're still left wondering, then then why don't I hear God speaking more? You know, why why am I not more familiar with what God's voice sounds like? I mean, if that's true, John, that that God is still speaking today and that God's voice is persistent, then then why don't I hear God more? And you know, I I don't think the problem is that God isn't speaking. No, God certainly is speaking, and God's voice is persistent and is continually speaking to us. But, But I think the problem is that we have a problem listening, right? Whenever we aren't hearing God, the problem isn't with God speaking. It's with us listening, we often have a listening problem. And, you know, we, we don't go throughout our days, you know, making up our minds to not listen to God's voice, you know, making up our minds to ignore whatever God may be saying. But it, it just kind of happens, you know. It's almost our default setting as we just go throughout our days and just aren't very conscious of God speaking to us, despite the many ways that God is speaking to us, despite the many things that God wants to show us. Often just the voices and the messages of this world can drown out what God is saying to us. So I believe that if we as a community, if we as a church family really want to hear God's voice, I believe the first step we have to take is this. We have to listen, right? We have to listen. Uh, And many of us here today, we're learning about hearing God's voice for the first time. And that is so great. Even Samuel, this amazing minister, this amazing prophet for the Lord who would go on to do such amazing things for God, he too had to learn how to hear God's voice. So if you're here today and you're like, I don't think I've ever heard God's voice before, well, then you're in the right place because we're here to learn. We're here to become more familiar with God's voice together. That's why we're doing this whole sermon series, so that we can learn together how to hear God's voice more clearly. And step number one for Samuel, in his journey of learning to hear God, it began with listening. It began with that simple one-sentence prayer, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And I hope that that would be our prayer as well here in 2019. You know, I'm kind of reminded of the famous words from Psalm 46, which say, Be still 
and know that I am God. You know, so many times we can go to prayer and have this prayer time with God and just truck on through our prayers without ever just pausing, uh, without ever just being still and, and listening to what God has to say. And what I think is so cool about this calling to listen to the voice of God is that it's a calling found all throughout Scripture, right? All throughout Scripture, we read that the people of God are to listen to the voice of God. Jesus, the Son of God, he would often go throughout the Gospels and and after difficult teachings and after difficult parables, he would often say this, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. In the last book of our Bible, the book of Revelation, a book that's clouded with mystery and clouded with confusion, to be quite honest with you, uh, Jesus repeatedly says this in these letters that are sent out to the different churches. Jesus says, let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Friends, God is speaking. God is speaking to us today, and God longs for us to listen. And God is speaking not because he has to, but because he loves us. God is continually speaking. God's voice is persistent. God is constantly calling our names because God loves us. God has pursued a relationship with us. And part of this relationship, it involves communication. It involves hearing. It involves listening to the voice of God. Part of this relationship is listening. However, tragically, in Scripture, throughout the story of the Bible, we read uh, accounts of people and, and groups of people not listening to God. Uh, whenever God was speaking, whenever God was revealing truth, these people were hardening their hearts. They were not listening to God. And, and with each time that they rejected God's voice and, and with each time that they didn't listen to God, it became all the easier next time to not listen to God again. These people, they, they hardened their hearts. And see, a hardened heart is the opposite of a listening spirit which is what each of us are called to have. We are called to have these listening spirits before God, to to continually be praying and lifting up this prayer to God, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. We're called to have listening spirits, not a hardened heart. I'm I'm reminded of what the author of Hebrews says in in Hebrews chapter 3. The author writes, As it is said, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Now, who were they who heard and yet were rebellious? Was it not those who left Egypt under the leadership of Moses? See, these people, the chosen Israelites, whom God had called out of slavery, whom God had delivered with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, even they, even they hardened their hearts. These people who saw the Red Sea part and literally saw manna come down from heaven and ate it, they hardened their hearts. And if they hardened their hearts, we too have to be oh so careful not to do the same. May we have these listening spirits. May we have these softened hearts, fully knowing and believing that God is speaking today. Yes, God is speaking today, and and God is speaking today in so many different ways. And and I am so pumped about the remainder of this sermon series and and looking forward to uh, examining the different ways that God speaks to us today in 2019. But I think this text, this passage we're in, in 1 Samuel 3, it makes it very clear that God can speak through people. And God often does speak through people. Yes, it was the audible voice of God that was heard by Samuel. But without Eli, Samuel still wouldn't know the voice of God. Right? It was through Eli that Samuel was able to learn how to hear God. He was able to learn how to receive. He was able to learn how to listen. He was able to learn how to pray that beautiful prayer. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Yes, although it was God that did the actual speaking, Eli was able to make God's voice so much more familiar to the young boy, Samuel. 
So I think a great reflective question to ask as we go throughout this sermon series and, and talk about hearing the voice of God is this. Who is an Eli in my own life? Who is someone who can pour into me and help me hear God's voice and discern what God is saying to my life? See, Samuel was this anointed, gifted, set-apart young man of God. Again, God would use him to do such amazing things in the future. But he still needed an Eli. He still needed an Eli. Someone who could train him. Someone who could mentor him. Someone who could pour into him and help him become as effective a minister as possible. And even more, for you to read the, the two chapters before chapter 3 in 1 Samuel, you would read about a desperate woman, a desperate wife named Hannah, and how she was unable to bear children, and, and how this caused her great grief. It caused her deep, deep sorrow. And, and one year she goes up to the tabernacle at Shiloh, and, and she's praying, and she's truly pouring out her heart before God. And it was none other than Eli the prophet himself who saw her praying. And, and he goes up to her and asks her, what's going on? And, and she begins to share her life story and, and how she's had a difficult life and how she has to compete with another woman and, and how she's unable to bear children, how all of that just causes her great sorrow. And, and again, after she shares all of that with Eli, Eli says this to her, go in peace. The God of Israel grant the petition that you have made to him. And so Hannah left there and went on to conceive and, and bear a son. And she named him, you guessed it, Samuel. And I share that story also, I share that background information, just again to make this point so extremely clear, that God speaks through people today. God speaks through people today, and, and while God's voice may not always be easy uh, to hear, having these Elis in our lives makes it so much more accessible, makes it so much more possible. So I encourage you to find an Eli. You know, find an Eli, find a person who can pour into you and invest in you and help you become the radical, devoted Christ follower that we are all aiming to be. You know, I'm so thankful and grateful to God for all of the Elis, all these people who have poured into me and, and helped me become the disciple I am today and the pastor that I am becoming. Uh, two of these Elis in my life are Pastor Andy and Pastor Mark, and I'm beyond thankful for all that they have done in my life and how they have poured into me and, and invested in me. You know, they're the older Elis, and, and I'm the, the younger Samuel. And I think it's so amazing to look around and to see the fruit of their labor in Christ. How we wouldn't be here, this building wouldn't be here, the chairs that you are sitting in wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Pastor Mark and him listening to the voice of God and, and ultimately him praying, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And how if Andy hadn't have listened to the voice of God, and if Andy wouldn't have prayed, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, then, then one church wouldn't be a thing, right? We wouldn't have a Friday night worshiping community that's reaching new people in new places and, and seeking to change the world with the love of God. But the thing is, Andy and Melissa aren't going to be there much longer. They've been discerning God's own voice and listening to God's voice, and, and they believe that God is leading them to Texas to serve God there. And, and so in late June, they're going to be moving down there. But, but I say all that to say that one church is going to remain exactly where it's at, and one church is going to continue to reach new people in new places. We're going to continue to be that new community for new people seeking to change the world with the love of God. So with all of that being said, today is a very special day. It's kind of like whenever Samuel was handing on the baton, handing on the leadership uh, down to Samuel. Excuse me, Eli was handing down the leadership to Samuel. So again, with all that being said, I'd like to invite Pastor Mark and Pastor Andy to come up here with me. Well, <clears throat> we figured on uh, Marathon Day, it was a good uh, day uh, to talk about passing the baton 
Uh, we've been working through a book called The Changeover Zone, and some of you have run relays. Uh, I ran the mile relay. I always ran the first leg and prayed that I would get the outside lane so I could short, run the shortest piece of the whole race. That was what I always hoped for, and sometimes God answered that prayer. And everybody was happy that he did because I was always the slowest on my team. Um, but I was the first to have the, the baton in high school. Um, and so uh, for Kevin and everybody else who ran today, God bless you. That is craziness. A uh, quarter mile is all I wanted. That was more than enough for me. So um, today we come to uh, pass the baton uh, officially. And as we were uh, reading uh, the scripture, John was led to this particular scripture. It's one of my favorites uh, in all the Bible. Uh, and I grew up listening to this story as my father was a pastor. And I always envisioned myself as Samuel, you know, receiving the baton from my dad. Now I'm the old guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one up here with the glasses and, you know, eyesight failing and all that. So uh, I, it's sort of a transition for me as well, becoming the, the, old, the old dude among us. Um, but as I've learned about running, uh, I came across an African proverb that I love. Maybe you've heard of it. It says this, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And we're a church that wants to go far. Uh, we want to run a long time in lots of places for the very transformation of the world to help reach non-religious and unactive, non-active Christians um, to really become radical Christ followers. And so this passing the baton is something that members of our church who've been with us a long time are used to. Uh, in 2010, after uh, we started the other uh, facility, and it, it grew uh, really fast, we went to one service, two services, three services, um, we knew as time God was calling, we were listening, and God called us to start Connect United Methodist Church across town. It's at um, Sorghum Mill and Coltrane, and I think there they are at Palm Sunday, and uh, just a packed house. They're, they're running, I think, close to 200 people now. Uh, just a great, uh, great ministry that was birthed out of our church. Many of you all know Reverend Adam Ricks and the wonderful work that they've done there. Uh, and then later, Andy and Melissa came to us five years later, I mean, from five years ago from now, um, and they had a, a sense of God calling them to do a new thing. And so we started one church as a church within a church. They started over at Frontier and uh, now, of course, our worshiping community on Friday nights uh, in the chapel. And so it is a great joy uh, to, to celebrate your ministry, uh, to celebrate Melissa's call on her life. We are her recommending charge. She was called into fully ordained ministry out of this church, and so she's going to go to SMU in Dallas, uh, Perkins School of Theology, which is my alma mater, Go Ponies. Um, and so it's just a thrill to get to be a part of their story in a new way. And I want to say thank you for your faithfulness these last five years and officially hand the baton on uh, to you. Um, and uh, it has been a great joy of my ministry uh, to be able to do ministry with you and do ministry with Pastor Mark and uh, Chantel and, and as we continue together. Um, one of uh, the joys in my life was to help start one church and, and to actually be a new community for new people who are seeking to change the world with the love of God. Uh, it has been an incredible, incredible joy. And uh, as Melissa and I continued to listen uh, to God and what he was calling us to do, um, we did feel called uh, to, um, for Melissa to apply to Perkins. She has since been accepted. And uh, whenever we talked to Mark about this opportunity that, that we might have to go to Perkins before we had ever really even applied and, and looked at all of that, you know, we told Mark about our plans, and, and, you know, and he looked at me and he said, well, um, who then would be your pick for the, the second uh, campus pastor of one church? And before he could finish, um, you know, I said, John Vig. Uh, John, John is it. 
And um, you know, you're not supposed to put all your eggs in one basket, but we put all of our eggs in one basket. And, um, and we are so thankful uh, that that was God speaking. Uh, we're thankful to the cabinet and the bishop to actually appoint John here and, and to allow us this transition period. Um, and so it has been a great joy of my life um, to do ministry with one church. Um, it has been um, an even greater joy to be able to pass the baton off to John and to say thank you for your ministry and I'm praying for you uh, as you continue the work of one church. Amen. Will you, will you pray with me? God, we are so thankful for John. We're thankful for his ministry. God, we're thankful for your church. Not just one church, not just Acts 2, but your church universal. God, we pray that your spirit would continue to move, that you would continue to speak to your servants who are listening. God, we pray that in everything, in everything you be glorified. God, that when ministry happens, when disciples are made, when children and adults are baptized, God, that when all of this happens, that we would not receive the glory. Yeah. We pass it on to you. We ask it by the power of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Will you help me Thank celebrate, God. John? Well, thank you all so much, and I do prayerfully receive uh, this baton. And, and as Pastor Mark and Andy were sharing, I was just kind of reflecting on the amazing things that, that happens whenever the people of God listen to the voice of God. I mean, that's just such a practical and applicable takeaway from this passage of Scripture that we're looking at. And, and I think it also shows how the Scriptures so intertwine and connect with our own story as a, as a church community and as followers of Jesus Christ. So that's beautiful. I'm just going to give you a hug right now, okay. Pastor Mark. <laughs> All right, I just have two action steps I'd like to share before the end of this sermon. The first one is this, include silence in a time of prayer this week, right? So if you have a time that's set aside for prayer, uh, let's have some time where we just like quiet ourselves and are still in the presence of God and listen to what God has to say. And the second action step is this, pray Samuel's prayer daily. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And I hope that through praying that prayer every single day and, and ultimately through memorizing it, we would cultivate this, uh, this spirit of learning and the spirit of listening to the voice of God. And, uh, and so with all that, I'd like to close with this passage from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, uh, verses 10 and 11. And let's just read this together out loud um, as a church family. This is God speaking. For as the, the rain, rain and the snow come, come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Amen. I love that beautiful metaphor for God's words going out. And I pray that our hearts would be that receptive, that good soil, just soaking up the richness, soaking up the awesomeness of God's word and, and the messages that God has for us today. Let's pray. God, your words are life. And, uh, and so we thank you for the words that you have spoken to us. And God, each day I, I pray that our hearts would be that good soil. God, that we would just soak up the richness and the goodness and the power and the beauty of your word. And that through that, God, through being planted in your words and in your goodness, God, we would go out and reach out into this world and thrive. God, that, that ultimately we would thrive in you and, and in who you are and we would show other people your goodness, your glory, your grace, and your love. God, we thank you for what you're doing here in this church community. And, and I pray that, God, whenever we leave this place today, you would uh, be leading us and continuing to speak. And, and God, that we would be a people on our knees uh, listening to you and, and praying, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. God, we love you so much. And we pray this prayer in the greatest name of all, Jesus, who is the Christ. 
Amen. 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 In the coming weeks, um, we'll study more and more about how to hear the voice of God. Um, and I think for most of you, I mean, think about how you came to faith. Um, how many of you all here came to know the Lord because of a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a grandma, a grandpa, somebody like that? And, and that's, see, for most of us, there are very few people that, uh, like Augustine, sat under a tree, read the Bible, and voila, uh, came to Christ. That, that's really rare. Most of us come through relationship. So we wanted to start there. Uh, but in the coming weeks, we'll, we'll talk about other ways. One of the things that we know to hear the voice of God is actually to get to know God through the Scriptures. And so when we want to know what to do, uh, we go to the Scriptures. And in Matthew, we find the greatest prayer uh, ever prayed that Jesus taught his disciples. And, and let's share in it together now, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.